I will never forget, as a young teenager, the exhilaration of catching my first wave in the ocean. I'd been given a boogie board as a Christmas present and we were having our family beach holiday a few weeks later. I had to wade out to where the waves were breaking, but the bigger challenge was then getting into the right position, at the right depth, with my board in front of me, ready to rise in the water just before the crest of the wave, and then to hang on as the wave broke and its power took over as I became one with it, sending me down a little before shooting me across the water, racing past swimmers trying to keep afloat in the turbulence or just trying to get out of my road. I still remember the feeling of fulfilment and delight being in the right place at the right time and then doing it again and again, even if I didn't get it quite right every time. Life is like that too, isn't it? because the waves keep coming, don't they? And they are not always neat and even or predictable. Sometimes, as often happened to me, we get dumped by a wave, upended, and we can lose our place for a while. But we stand up again, we get our bearings back, and we build on the lessons of the last wave. Our purpose is not to create the waves, but to ride the waves that God creates or allows, like this second COVID wave that Melbourne is experiencing at the moment. But to do that, we have to be ready and intentional about being in the right place, on the inside as much as on the outside, knowing our position in Jesus. I wonder what position you find yourself in at the moment, on the inside and the outside. What's the ride been like for you lately as the waves come along? It's a fascinating time, isn't it, to be alive. God is giving us new opportunities to follow his design and timing and to be ready for the next wave of his purposes for us. The Philip that we hear about in the book of Acts in the New Testament is a fantastic example of this. Why don't you open your Bible to the book of Acts right now? Uh, Philip turns up in chapter 6 as one of the seven people set aside to oversee the daily distribution of food to the widows. And he's mentioned second after Stephen in that list. And with them in position together, Acts chapter 6 verse 7 says, the word of God was then released to be spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Another wave broke. And then in the next verse, after this wonderful highlight, Stephen is suddenly seized by those who are not happy with what God is doing. He is dragged before the religious leaders known as the Sanhedrin. And in chapter 7, he gives his amazing speech summarising God's revelation throughout history. You should check it out. This made the authorities so furious the chapter seven finishes with Stephen being stoned and Saul, soon to be Paul, is looking after the clothes of the angry mob that stoned him. And then what happens? It's Philip's turn. Acts chapter eight is the Philip chapter. 
where we see what could be called the two positioning principles that Philip's story highlights for us. And that's what I hope you will grab today. Let's listen to how Acts chapter 8 begins. Today's reading is from Acts 8, 1 to 8. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So here is Philip between Stephen in chapter 7 of Acts and Saul's Damascus Road conversion in chapter 9. Here he is as the first one to ride the next wave of God's showing himself even more obviously and amazingly broadly to the Gentiles. And how did that happen? How did that get going? Well, on the very day Stephen is stoned, a full-on persecution breaks out in Jerusalem, targeting the followers of Jesus. And just about everyone takes off, fleeing for their lives, and they head off north, primarily throughout Judea and up into Samaria. Saul, while this is happening, even goes from house to house back in Jerusalem, dragging people off to prison. And as people are scattered, what do they do? Do they go and hide on the run, keep quiet? No. Verse 4 tells us those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. They openly and boldly talked about Jesus. And as part of that, Philip, Philip heads into a Samaritan city and proclaims Jesus as the Messiah. Philip breaks through what's become a cultural no-no for a very long time. He goes to the Samaritans, a group who had split off from the Jewish people hundreds of years earlier, who had intermarried and were now treated as half-breed outsiders by most Jews. And this is why Jesus' story of the good Samaritan and Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman were so radical to those that heard them. The Samaritan crowds now listen to Philip and they see the miraculous signs that he does. And hordes of people believe in Jesus. And by the time you get to verse 12, people are being baptised in droves. And then the leaders in Peter and John turn up making this chapter an amazing hinge story of the historical cross-cultural revival that is breaking out here in a way it never has before. This is not normal. Uh, Times have very quickly changed and have become so much tougher than they usually were. Things are happening that don't usually happen. Uh, Does that sound familiar at the moment? Now, I said there were two principles. Philip shows us here, there are two things that can help us get into position to ride the waves that will keep on coming. And the first one 
is to do what Philip does. And yes, number one, engage the abnormal. Engage the abnormal. Philip grabs the unexpected abnormal opportunities that turn up. He rides the wave that comes with that. And if you were a part of Alan and Katrina's Facebook live video call on Tuesday night, you will have heard Alan expand on that pivot word that we hear so much about in this current uh, climate. As uh, we've been forced to adjust in so many ways and change direction quickly. And Alan said we've actually needed to pirouette and, and life is certainly spinning us around at the moment. And for Philip, in Acts chapter 8, there is certainly a lot more coming at him as well. He's just been spun out north amongst the city crowds way up there in Samaria. But in the second half of Acts chapter 8, God now leads him south in the opposite direction out into the desert. Why would God do that? Because God is setting up a one-on-one -on -one conversation now with an Ethiopian, an Ethiopian official going home way over to northeast Africa. Philip leaves the crowds in Samaria behind and obediently gets going. And verse 27 says, on his way, and I love that, on his way, Philip comes across this Ethiopian. God's spirit tells Philip now to stay close to this fellow's chariot. And then the opportunity comes for them to engage. And Philip engages what is very abnormal for him. And soon they are discussing together a Bible passage from Isaiah chapter 53. And Philip is able to share with this fellow the good news about Jesus. Black lives matter too, as God uses Philip to go further and now engage the ends of the earth by interacting with an Ethiopian. We have to be reminded of Jesus' last words as this happens. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to his followers, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, just what Philip's been doing, and now to the ends of the earth. And here we are seven chapters later and it's all happening. Quickly, Philip finds himself at the Ethiopian's request, baptising the Ethiopian. And now the spirit supernaturally takes Philip off to Azotus, uh, called Ashdod today. You can go there. It's on the Mediterranean Sea. And then, can you believe it? He is led to do a full 180 and he's off north again, up the coast this time, preaching about Jesus in every town, all the way to Caesarea. So nothing has stayed the same for Philip. It's all a bit of a blur, but Philip keeps engaging the abnormal. He is agile and innovative. He rides the waves of changing circumstances and he's wonderfully responsive to the Spirit's prompting at each turn. And just as the chapter starts and everything seems to be going very pear-shaped, as all hell breaks loose, Philip's finest experiences of effectiveness and victory unfold one step at a time. 
Now, a few days ago, Beth and I had just left home for our big daily walk. And we found our path blocked by some workers right where we usually head across a park near our home to get to an area of bush that we love walking in. And so what were we going to do? We decided, okay, we'll reverse the direction that we usually hike and we'll track the opposite way. And that got us around the blockage. Well, what a different, abnormal experience this gave us. We walked the same area that we know so well, but we got such a different perspective this time by viewing everything uh, the opposite way, the other way around. And if we'd given up when we'd bumped into these workers who'd blocked our path and gone home because of what had changed, we would have missed out on so much. Instead, engaging the abnormal gave us a wonderful gift. And so that's the first point. Engage the abnormal, push in like Philip did, flow with it. So what's the second principle that has Philip in the right position to ride the wave of what God is about to do? God's story continues. And certainly through all of Acts chapter 8, we see at the same time, Philip still secondly practices what is very normal for him. So wherever Philip is, and he's in a lot of different places, whatever is happening, and there's a lot happening in Acts chapter 8, whoever he is with, the crowds or just one Ethiopian, he does what he always does. He talks about Jesus. And so no matter how abnormal the circumstances or the company that he finds himself with, nothing stops him. He is ready and expecting to do what he normally does which is to share the good news, which people in every place he finds himself in need to hear. Now, this is just as true for us today. This is what you and I, what we are called to do, especially in the topsy-turvy days we live in. And it's where our life habits and our spiritual disciplines uh, will kick in and need to kick in. Uh, It is faithfulness in the normal things, the normal that impacts the abnormal, that releases miraculous possibilities. It's the guarding, the healthy discipleship rhythms of those slower times regularly with God and with each other and on our own that mean we can ride the waves that come and with them see God's grace surprising us. So what are those things for you? What do they look like? Well, it's, it's time in God's word, isn't it? Having our Bibles open, you know, daily. It's time in prayer, time listening to God, time connecting with others in our group or in the various ways we're uh, doing things. It's being ready to serve those around us. And it's just normally sharing Jesus as we would. Now, when disruption comes, when another wave hits us, what really counts can often get much clearer. Now, we live in a season at the moment when it's back to basics, when being out of control has given us fresh perspective. We find ourselves needing to back up, maybe go a different way. Uh, People are looking for answers. People are ready to go deeper. People will give us time. They're looking for leadership. They're looking for models. They're asking questions. What a gift. This abnormal time is bringing us to reset, to practice, 
to strengthen what should be normal, to say yes to what it means to follow Jesus in our time, in how we spend our time. We've got a little more of it maybe. We've got more flexibility in our lifestyle uh, as our normal focus, but with a simplicity and a clarity and a visibility that rises above all the other stuff of life that cuts through all the clutter. We are all called to be Philips. These are abnormal times, but God isn't going anywhere. God is not changing and neither is his call for us to return to him and to go forward to where we have never been before. That's what our current teaching series is all about, to enjoy the fullness of life that he offers and to share that, to live that with others around us in a way that's obvious and natural, to be flexible and faithful at the same time so that this is a time of multiplied fruitfulness. Now, we've been thrown out of our comfort zones, haven't we? Uh, Maybe that is what it takes for us to achieve the destiny that we have been created for, to connect with the bigger picture of what life is really all about now and into the future. In Philip's time, the church was enormously tested in a time of great pressure. And what was the result? Surprisingly, wonderfully explosive growth because people like Philip kept practicing what was normal, normal for the followers of Jesus to keep reaching out to others regardless. And we've seen that uh, in recent years, in our time, uh, in tough places, in other parts of the world like China and Iran. I'm praying, and I know many others are, that that it's Melbourne's turn again to uh, see some of this happen. We saw it 120 years ago in our history in a wave of people returning to God. And then 60 years ago, many of you will remember what happened as again, uh, in the spiritual battle over our city, there was release. Would that happen again? Would we let the spirit position us right now to ride the wave, to influence our culture, to such a degree that people, as they did in Acts chapter 8, verse 6, pay close attention to what they see and what they hear from you and me, from the followers of Jesus across our city. And that there is then what verse 8 describes as great joy in this city, in our city as well. So here we go. Yes? Amen? Amen.